So it's dark, it's cold, it's 11 o'clock at night. I've just started my drive home from a beautiful wedding in the heart of the Oxfordshire countryside. As I'm doing so, I thought this would be a good opportunity to answer a question that I was sent in via Instagram. And the question simply said, or the statement simply said, I should record an episode talking about how I have found the switch to mirrorless, and in particular, the Nikon Z7 II, or the Z7 Mark II. So James Keane, thank you for that particular question. I'm Paul, and this, well, this is the Mastering Portrait Photography Podcast. Okay, so I have to be honest, I'm tired. Man, it's been a long day, as all weddings are. Every wedding photographer will tell you the same story, I'm sure. Um, But it seemed like a really good opportunity to spend the 40 minutes or so driving home talking about something that actually we've been experiencing uh, over the past sort of nearly a year now. I think I bought the Z7 II back in February. And so we've sort of, I've sort of got my head around it. Uh, but not only that, of course, at the end of a day, shooting with it in, a, in something as intensive as a wedding, what lessons have I learnt and what do I think about it? So it's a really good, it's a pertinent moment, a good moment to talk about it. But I do have to just <laughs> say a little bit, caveat that just a small amount, which is that I've just spent the past five minutes recording the same intro to the podcast about six times over because I cannot get my words out. I'm so tired at the end of a day's shooting. Well, it's not just the end of a day, it's the end of a week. Uh, it's Thursday as I record this and it's been a very full on, not just this week, but a couple of weeks. And you can hear it in my voice, I think. Um, I'm using the new, uh, my little investment on a decent microphone for the Land Rover, uh, which is the Sennheiser ME3 Mark II. Uh, which is, I think, a really good sounding microphone, but not the most comfortable. It doesn't have pinch your ears. Uh, by the time I get home, I think I'm going to have ears like an elf. They're just going to be sticking out. Uh, however, hopefully, hopefully, it is reducing the rattles, squeaks, thuds and bangs and drones of this Land Rover Defender to something that just sits in the background, as opposed to the various other ways I've tried uh, where... Um, either the sound isn't very good or the health and safety aspects are frankly life-threatening. So uh, where are we? Right, let's talk about the Nikon Z7 II or more importantly let's talk about mirrorless. So for those of you who uh, are still investigating what mirrorless means, oh hang on, I don't want to be in that lane, Um, of course mirrorless simply means the optical wizardry that all SLR cameras had to have to allow you to see through the lens is no longer needed. Why is it no longer needed? Well, that'll be because the sensor can see light through the lens the entire time you're working. You don't need a mirror because the sensor is relaying its data to uh, either the back screen on the camera or the EVF or electronic viewfinder. The data is coming off that thing the whole time. So in effect, it's very similar to, I don't know, an iPhone or an iPad the data is coming straight off the sensor, you get to see exactly, exactly what the image is going to look like, at least in terms of its brightness and its color rendition, if not its sharpness. Uh, because of course, if you're uh, using slow shutter speeds, things may still blur, but on the whole, what you see 
is going to be what you get. And that has a huge number of advantages. Uh, it certainly takes the guesswork out of uh, your exposures, for instance. Now, that was never something I struggled with particularly. Uh, I'd always just take a test exposure, look at the histogram, set the exposure as I want it, and carry on. Um, that said, I have found having this what you see is exactly what you get um, system weirdly addictive. And I didn't see that coming, if I'm honest. Um, I thought I was going to hate it. I thought I was going to dislike the EVF. Uh, and actually, I don't. And I really like having all of the data in the viewfinder um, also in a way that I can program um, the Z7 or the Z7 II is not massively programmable in terms of its displays it allows certain options um, so for instance I haven't yet found a way of placing the histogram somewhere other than the bottom right which is where it likes to put it and so I did spend the first uh, few shoots weirdly cropping everything so that I think in my head I was graphic designing an image but including things like the histogram in the image so quite a few of my subjects would suddenly find themselves slightly placed to the left where I was just laying everything out that I could see uh, I've got used to that now and I'm using the grid lines uh, far more effectively also once I've got my settings I tend to turn the histogram back off I don't tend to keep it uh, live in the viewfinder um, so that's, the broadly speaking, the fundamental shift away from having a mirrored camera to a mirrorless uh, camera. Um, a couple of people have wondered whether there are shutters in a mirrorless camera. Yes, there are. Uh, there's an electronic shutter, which means there is no shutter. <laughs> I don't know why they feel a need to call it an electronic shutter. That simply means the, uh, the system will take the data straight off the sensor the minute you hit the button but there's also a physical shutter but unlike a normal camera sorry it's not a normal camera mirrorless is going to be normal uh, but unlike a traditional SLR which always has the shutter blades closed unless you force them open in uh, mirrorless or certainly in terms of the, the mirrorless cameras I've used the uh, shutters stay open until you press the button and then the shutter closes only to reopen for the time specified uh, to grab your picture. Why does it do that? Well, there's lots of tiny little reasons. Obviously, if the shutter was closed, you couldn't see the data from the CC, sorry, from the sensor. Um, and if you, at the moment, the technology isn't there to not have a shutter at all, not properly. Because of the way that the, the um, the camera reads the data off the sensor, it does it in stages. If you don't have a shutter, you get this, it's called a rolling shutter effect, and you can get some very funny effects off it. So at the moment, it's much more precise to use a physical shutter, even though it means having to close the shutter before it takes the picture to open the shutter to take the picture, if you get my drift. Anywho, to the specifics of the Z7. What have I learned over the past 10 months? All right, well, firstly, you need to understand why I jumped. I jumped because my D5 was old, is old. It should have been replaced back in 2020, but because, like so many things, we were closed down during the pandemic, I never got around to replacing it. We didn't have a lot of work going on at the time, obviously because we were closed. And so it wasn't doing anything, so it wasn't necessary to update it. 
I always use whatever was the previous camera as my backup camera. So while I was using a D5, I had a D4 or a D800E as my backup cameras. When I had a D4, I had a D3, etc. The problem was if I went to the D6, which was the logical choice, when I looked at the price and I looked at what it offered for £6,400, I think the price was at the time, it seemed to me to be a sideways step, not a forward step. And if you add on to that, that a couple of my standard uh, lenses, I've got, uh, I always carry four main lenses paired up. So there's two 70 to 200 um, VR2 uh, f2.8, and there's two 17 to 35 um, S series AFS lenses f2.8. Those are expensive bits of glass, but they were getting old and needed repairing. And one of them in particular, probably the expense of repairing it was becoming close to its actual value. And so combine those two factors, and when I'm looking at it, is it worth buying a D6 and then repairing or replacing the lenses in the context of the conversation that says, I know mirrorless is coming. Mirrorless is the future. Probably mirrorless without any shutter at all is the future. So when I looked at that, looked at the numbers, looked at what was coming, looked at the challenges that would face us in two years and three years financially, or just the sheer waste of it, I decided to jump to the Nikon Z7 II. I wouldn't have gone to the Z7 Mark I because it only had one memory card in it. And as anyone who's ever worked in computers knows, memory cards will fail. They will, there's nothing you can do about it. They will fail. So I would never ever use a camera that only had one card in it. Certainly, certainly not for something like a wedding. So we took the decision back in February, I think, to jump uh, to the Z7 Mark II. At the same time, we invested in three new lenses, three new Z series lenses, the Nikon 70-200 f2.8, Z series the uh, Nikon 24-70 f2.8 and the Nikon 14-24 f2.8. So I'm having to remember this as I'm driving. So uh, if I make mistakes, I can only apologise, email me and I'll correct them later. Uh, so those three lenses plus the FTZ or FTZ uh, adapter to allow some of my older lenses to work. Not expecting them to be much good, but I thought I'd cover my bases. Particularly as now my D5 is my spare camera and I'm now having to carry some of those older lenses around with me just in case the Z7 uh, fails for any reason. At the same time, I bought the battery grip. Uh, I'm sure it's called an MBD something. I'm thinking it's an 11, but I could be wrong, which at least allows me to have two batteries on the camera as well as having a vertical grip. So that was our thought process. Gonna have to jump at some point, gonna have to invest in lenses anyway. The D6 is a sideways move in my opinion. There really wasn't any reason to move from the D5 to the D6. Now is the time to start building up our capability on the Z series. Why did I stay with Nikon when in the end I'm gonna renew a load of stuff anyway? Well, because I've got no reason not to. There's, Nikon's equipment has always fitted my hands, has always made my job a pleasure 
I love the glass in particular, but I've also loved, certainly up until this point, the handling of their cameras. And so we stuck with Nikon. We could have gone to Sony, and of course the Canon R5 and R6 uh, are out there. Now, I suppose I could have nursed the D5 home. I could have kept it running up until the Z9 was available, which of course is what we're all waiting for. The problem was the lenses were getting old and I knew I needed to do something and I was reluctant to buy into anything that was going to be a legacy piece of kit in the next few years and it is going to be legacy in the next few years there's no in my mind at least there's no question I looked at the spec of the Z7 and with 40 something megapixel sensor on it uh, it's it's a beautiful the image quality is absolutely stunning the speeds are good or at least on paper um, everything about it looked to be a step forward even if it's a definitely a pro-am a professional slash amateur camera not a full pro unit so I we jumped and I've been using it ever since now <laughs> I might be a little foolhardy in that whenever I've bought new kit I simply put it straight into our live workflow. I've never worried too much with cameras. Most of the time I turn everything off anyway because I grew up with film, I worked in manual, I still shoot predominantly in manual. Uh, so it's not really been something I've ever stressed about. For the first time in my career, I probably should have spent some time practicing driving the Z7 even today after eight months of it or whatever it is ten months of using a camera it still throws me curveballs and I don't know whether it's just my history with SLRs and manual cameras uh, or whether it's just that this camera actually has some things about it that are a little bit odd but maybe I could have spent a bit more time practicing with it but I didn't I cracked on um, I've just learned to overshoot a little bit because the one thing that I have found of all of the things that I've found is that the focusing is not as accurate as my D5. It's not as fast to focus. It's not as accurate to focus. All right, let me qualify that. If I'm careful and take my time and I set it into, let's say, face mode and I make sure that the dot is where it should be and I wait for the lens to settle and then I focus, great. The thing is razor sharp. You stuff a Z7, sorry, the Z series 70 to 200 on the front of this thing and you focus it properly, oh my goodness, it's absolutely phenomenal. The details off the top of the scale, the image quality is beautiful, the bokeh or bokeh, just fantastic. The problem is when I'm working flat out, maybe in a, in a wedding or a very lively portrait shoot, it's not as reliable and as trusting, or I can't trust in it as much as I did my D5. The D5 barely faltered. I had a problem with one of the lenses that I'm, the calibration had gone, I think. But on the whole, the D5 is more accurate than my Z7. I'm sure... Nikon fans, Nikon engineers are screaming at the at the speakers as they listen to this and saying that's not true. No, uh, this is a real world thing. Uh, it really isn't as accurate. 
Uh, rather, it's not as accurate quickly. Yeah, I will qualify it. If I take my time, the results are incredible. But I don't have the time to take my time. When I'm running backwards because a bride and groom are coming down the aisle at me, um, you don't have the opportunity of dipping in and out of menus and making sure that the um, everything's locked exactly as it should be. And the D5 was so much more tolerant than uh, this unit is. Um, that's not to say that I don't think I'll get better with it. I will. As I'm learning the, where all of the keys, where all the buttons are, how to move the modes and the focus points and how to program up the programmable buttons so that they do things that are a little bit more useful for me, things have improved. But nonetheless, consistently, um, the focusing isn't as fast and isn't as precise um, unless I take my time. And that is irksome. Trust me, when I've got a bride and groom in front of me and the uh, I'm having to double check that I've got everything exactly as I want. Now, here's the thing. With an EVF, I can hit a button and I can go into a mode that allows me to micro-adjust the focus. It brings the thing up almost pixel for pixel. But when you're working quickly, that's just too slow. I can do it. Uh, but on the focusing, it's not all bad news. There is something I discovered that I did not think would be uh, an absolute genius thing. And that is that when I put one of my older lenses, I've got a very beautiful 105, a Nikon 105 F2 AF-S DC. I've probably got those letters in all the wrong order, but they are the right letters. And this thing doesn't have much glass. It has no plastic. And unfortunately, it has a screw drive to the focus and the FTZ adapter doesn't. So I can't drive that lens. I can't drive the autofocus on that lens. I can only focus it manually. And I assumed I'd have to retire that lens, but the peaking, the focus peaking display inside the viewfinder is so good that actually I'm now focusing that thing more accurately than ever. Um, admittedly, I'm doing it by hand, which means I can't do fast moving things, but it's precise. And because I've got this beautiful F2 piece of glass, um, old school, really old school, uh, then uh, I found that actually that is creating these just beautiful results. So that side of things, uh, mixed bag, I today, uh, I think I saw this morning that Nikon have released the third of their trailers for the Z9 and they are selling it on its ability to track. I think they showed it on a motorbike, a runner and uh, uh, racing cars. So I'm hoping that they're aware that the Z7 II focusing system is nowhere near good enough. And what they're trying to sell me on the Z9 is all about the focusing, or at least the third of these videos, the teaser videos is all about the focusing. Frankly, they don't have to sell me on the Z9. The minute I can get my hands on one, I will buy it because the Z7 is not a pro unit. It creates images of a pro quality, but part of the puzzle of professional use kit is its resilience to the working life. Uh, this camera it fits my hands the battery grips all right it's small but it's okay 
but it's not robust. Every time, pretty much every time, I undo the battery compartment to lift the batteries out to change them, I knock the little compartment door off it. Pretty much every time, without fail, which is irritating. The other thing that happens all the time is that my hand, when I'm holding it in its landscape mode, is my hand rests against the memory card door and it flicks it open because there's no catch. It just is a, it just pulls and the door opens. And the way I grip the camera just seems to cause the thing to open all the time. It's not a big deal when the weather's dry. It doesn't matter. You know, I just close it again, not a problem. But if I'm shooting in the rain, I can't risk getting water in there and it shouldn't be open. It should stay closed and it doesn't. Uh, what else about the, um, the buttons are all over the place. Well, not so much the buttons as the programmability of the buttons is a little bit all over the place. So, and I think this is quirky to Nikon. I seem to remember it being the case on other cameras too, where each button can be programmed to do different things, but not any things. I don't know why, why I've, because for instance, one of the things I really want to be able to do quickly is switch from AFS to AFC or to MF, from uh, single shot focusing to continuous focusing to manual focusing. And I want to be able to jump between those three really quickly. On my D5, there's a dedicated switch for that. On the Z7, there isn't. You can go into a menu and change it. And it's only a couple of presses of buttons, but you can't easily do that by feel. The big thing about pro cameras, beyond their rigidity and their robustness and, and tolerance of being knocked around, is that everything is on a switch or a button. I don't need to go into a menu for almost anything. Everything's on a click switch or a slider dial or whatever. On the Z7, not so much. So, I programmed up one of the buttons to uh, allow me, when I press it, to allow me to then roll the dial and it would change from AFC, AFS to MF. Very straightforward. Unfortunately, the only button that will do that is the one on the front next to the lens, which allows, which means I'm now doing this really weird contortion with my fingers to hold that button in while rolling either the back dial to change it from AFS to AFC, or the front dial to change it from, let's say, face mode to pin mode or pinpoint mode. It's just crappy design because any button could have done that, but Nikon's menus don't let you assign it to any button, only that button. And that's my point. When you have a completely, this, this, this camera, nothing is physical, right? It's a computer. It's just a computer with a lens on the front. All right, the, the physical bits, the shutter, I, you never touch the shutter, it's an electronic shutter. Nope, the aperture and the lens, the diaphragm and the lens is electronically activated. Nothing, nothing is physical. You don't activate anything physically. And all I'm saying is any button could do anything. But for some inexplicable reason, Nikon decided, no, that's not, we're not going to do that. We're going to limit which buttons can do what. But I don't know why, there's no logic to that. And for me, the buttons that they've set to allow things to happen don't work. It just makes it hard when it shouldn't be. I am hoping that when we get the, Z, the spec of the Z9 through properly, it'll have toggle switches like it used to that allow me to change, for instance, the focusing mode. We shall see, I've no doubt. Uh, what else have I spotted? Batteries, oh my life. This thing eats batteries. 
I now carry a bag of seven batteries for a wedding. Um, I haven't used them all, uh, but they are hungry. And it's more infuriating that when I bought the camera, the one thing I couldn't buy was any more batteries for it. I could buy batteries, older versions of the batteries, which luckily fit it. So the batteries out of my D800E fit this camera. So I could buy old model batteries, but I couldn't buy the actual batteries, the MELN15C or whatever it is. Can't buy them or couldn't buy them, which is ridiculous. You can't sell a camera that eats batteries and then not sell batteries. Now I was lucky. I already had a supply that would fit it, but you couldn't get them. And my biggest fear when the Z9 arrives is I'll be able to buy the camera eventually, but won't be able to buy batteries. And it is useless without batteries mirrorless cameras are a waste of time because you'll get halfway through whatever it is you're doing then you'll have to recharge and one thing about these batteries in this camera is they are very very slow to charge i've got used to the newer technology in some of these um let's say the batteries in the d5 charge much quicker than they drain i don't think that's entirely true because the d5 the d6 the d4 they don't really use any current unless you're firing the shutter or holding the shutter open or looking at the screen whereas mirrorless uses battery light battery power all the time but it takes hours to charge these things and it takes minutes to flatten them well not minutes but it's almost one-to-one -one, which is no good you know we've got to fix that problem guys that's just a ridiculous problem to have in this day and age when you can charge a car to do 300 miles in about 20 minutes or 45 minutes it'll run for the next two hours but i take it takes me about four hours to charge a camera battery to take a few pictures that seems to me like maybe we should be learning from other industries i could be wrong uh what else um i love having the flip screen again something i did not think i would they're flimsy they get in the way um actually i love it because I love taking pictures with the camera buried on the ground or buried on a reflective surface, you know, properly planted down to make the most of, uh, is it a, the Fresnel effect? Is it a Fresnel effect? Can't remember. Uh, where you get a refraction of, the of light on the surface. I love that. And with a flip screen, at least in landscape mode, genius brilliant i do have to remember to tell anyone i'm photographing to look at the lens not at me uh that took me a couple of shoots to wonder why why does it look like people are looking above the shot ah that'll be why because i used it like an old school waist finder like my old kodak brownie um, and i've got the camera at waist level but forgot to tell my subjects that they now needed to look at the camera not because i'm talking the whole time so they're talking to me, they're looking at my face, I'm taking pictures, we're having a lovely time. Every shot it looks like they're looking over the top of the camera. Uh, of course, uh, I've now got the hang of that. That's fine, that's a simple trick to figure out. Um, but it did take me uh, a moment. Of course, on this camera, there's no portrait flip out. So basically what I've been doing at the moment is leaning much more towards landscape pictures. Uh, and only taking uh, portrait pictures when I really want a portrait picture. Uh, to call me lazy if you wish. Uh, using the EVF and using the uh, panel, I struggle a little bit. One of the things I find really hard is I can't see 
the focus spot very easily and I don't know why um, on my old optical viewfinder I could always see the little LED um, square the, where it was or what it was doing on this sometimes I lose it and I have to jab the OK button to recenter the focus spot so I can find it back in the middle but that's again something I'm sure I'll learn and get used to I've just got I've spent all my life using optical viewfinders either rangefinders or SLRs and so suddenly to be looking at a screen while I like it it's not without uh, its challenges uh, what else is great oh, there's, there's lots of lovely little things I love having uh, a maximum exposure time I think it's about five minutes it's great that means I can do some really nice long exposures without having to put on uh, a trigger remote remote release um, that's just as well because I don't have a remote release for it I don't even know which one fits it I will get round to buying one uh, what else uh, oh yeah big one for me as a wedding when I'm doing weddings or events I suppose I don't do many events uh, I don't really do that many weddings using on-camera speed lights it's not great I'll be honest a uh, couple of things one is that the really beautiful laser um, or LED focusing patterns that you get on the front of speed lights well they don't work in fact the camera turns them off took me quite a while to find out why because there's nothing in any of the instructions anywhere that I've ever seen and it turns out it's because um, mirrorless sensors use green light to focus whereas speed lights generate red light because that's what SLRs used to focus the camera knows that it's a red light turns it off so you're left with a little green light alongside the lens in like the old well to be honest consumer cameras that had a little LED a little white light or a red light or whatever uh, for focusing well that's fine if you've got a 50 mil lens on the front and by 50 mil I mean a small 50 mil not the great big 50 mil that Nikon is now selling because the light doesn't reach your subject so you can't actually focus on what you need to you just can't because the green light I can see the green light hitting the people on the left of the frame but it's never getting to the people in the middle of the frame which is where I've got my focus set so I have to then move the focus point to the left of the frame so that the green LED can reach them because it's being shaded by the 70 to 200 lens on the front it's ridiculous and I don't know I don't know what the answer is probably I'm guessing is to sell me uh, a speed light that has a green laser on the front but you can't get them. in fact you can't get any um, speed lights just at the moment they're all red light which means they're always isolated by the camera <laughs> they don't work which means if I'm honest it's low light capability is I think pretty awful if I'm being truthful it's okay if you have time we come back to this idea of time so I've taken some beautiful nighttime pictures very low noise beautiful imaging beautiful colors but I've spent ages focusing it manually or I get someone to use a torch or an iPhone you know light to light someone's face or I turn the modeling lights on really bright even when I'm using off-camera flash um, I'll use uh, another light source just to be able to focus and even in manual focusing where you can use the focus peaking the picture gets so grainy in low light that you can't actually see 
the uh, focus peaking light anyway you can't you just can't you can't separate it out from the noise on the sensor and that's really 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 frustrating um, it for me the d5 felt like the pinnacle of what you could do with an SLR the Z7 reminds me of my D100 it feels like the first generation of something there's a ton of stuff to come there's no doubt there's the, the image quality is incredible and I love love the three new lenses that I've bought to go on the front of it and because Nikon have widened the throat of the lens so yeah okay it means I've had to retire my lenses but because it's got this much wider throat this much wider diameter base to the lens some of the lenses coming down the line are going to be off the top of the scale and if what we're seeing on these three standard lenses the three standard zooms that I've got is anything to go by they're going to be just oh man they're going to be amazing I love I love the customization, the, the ability to customize. So although I'm moaning a bit about some of the limitations of that because they don't really seem to make any sense to me, I do love the fact you can do a lot. I love the little uh, display on the lens. Um, it's great if I'm working, uh, let's say I'm working at night, this is a real example, I'm taking a nighttime picture of one of the venues at the end of a wedding. I can hit the little button that shows the display that tells me exactly where I'm focused but more importantly it tells me the focus range it tells me what will be in focus in meters which is so simple and so effective in the old days we used to have it printed on the barrel of the lens and all right it took a minute to read it but if you had the time it was great now it's there on this display and I love that so all in all I think I'm having a love affair with the system I'm certainly having a love affair I'm certainly having a love affair with the quality of the imagery and those lenses are to die for am I excited about mirrorless yeah very much so am I frustrated with where I feel it's missing yeah very much so because to me I had no option there was, I still can't get the Z9 here we are in October still no Z9 release date I'm talking to the suppliers and I'm hassling them to make sure I'm near the front of the list I have the money ready to get it but I'm fairly certain there's a long waiting list and I'm fairly certain I'll get mine sometime probably February March maybe even April or May next year so I'm fairly looking at the next part of our business year using a Z7 and does that annoy the crap out of me yeah it really does because the Z7 isn't a replacement for a D5 or a D anything it's a great camera its images are wonderful uh, the EVF all of this stuff is great but in the end there are just too many holes to make it oh, I'm, I'm sort of second I say all this and yet actually I love the thing I don't I can't explain why I can't explain I don't want it to sound I don't want to sound negative you know I'm a Nikon fan for goodness sake I love them so why am I trying to say I, I'm, I think I'm just frustrated that when I'm stood in front of people trying to get a shot and a camera is 
I can see that it's struggling to pick out the face or it's struggling to pick out something from a background. You know, you can see the way it's hunting and there are times when it beeps to say it's in focus and seriously, it's so far out of focus, all I'm seeing is mush and yet it's saying it's in focus. So I'm sure that's a firmware update though. I've got mine up to date. Um, it's frustrating when you stood there. It's really hard for a photographer that's used to shooting quickly and spontaneity is part of what I've always enjoyed. And now I have to be that little bit more thoughtful. And I know there are lots of traditional photographers out there, well, you should be more thoughtful anyway. <laughs> yeah, great. But I've made a living out of being reactive. I've made a living out of people not standing still for long so that they have to think about it. I've made a living out of catching those moments where things are fast moving. And now that's just a little bit more challenging. And I feel like it's not because I wasn't willing to buy the Z9. I'd have bought the Z9 in a heartbeat. I find it annoying or frustrating because I can't do anything else. There is no other option. The D6 wasn't an option really. The D5, my D5 has just come to the end of its normal life. And so the Z7, well, the Z7 II was the only way forward. I've used the only way forward. I've got the best camera that I have available to me as a Nikon shooter without going to a different manufacturer. And I think that's probably what you're hearing in my voice. If, if this is a question of would I recommend somebody else got that camera, now that's really hard because if you are a, a slightly slower shooter, if you spend a little bit more time on the image, if quick tracking, oh, by the way, the shot rate is phenomenal. Whatever it is, 10 or 11 frames a second is great. That's, I don't need anything faster than that. Again, I've seen um, burst rates on the new Z9 are gonna be off the top of the scale, but if I want that, I'll switch to video. I don't need burst rates like that, so this, camera actually his burst rate is very very good so if you're someone that needs fast stuff uh, you might need to just hesitate and wait if on the other hand you can take your time and do take your time uh, and can afford or in a position to switch over to the Z lenses or you know you have lenses that you can fit onto the FTZ adapter then um, the quality that's coming off this thing is absolutely uh, beautiful oh one other gripe Here's another one. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I've got traffic lights and roadworks and it's hard to know quite where I'm going. Um, they give you a power adapter uh, with the camera. Now, is it with the camera or with the battery grip? Sorry, you can hear that's a bumpy bit of road. They give you a power adapter and they give you a lead that's about a foot and a half long. Come on, you know, we're, we live in a world where a foot and a half of cable on a charger is ridiculous. It's not a removable cable, it's a USB-C cable. It's not removable and it's ridiculously short. And I think stuff like that when you're spending what, three and a half thousand pounds on a camera is unnecessary. It's poor design, poor usability, frustrating. Yeah, I know, I can go and buy another USB-C power adapter. Of course I can, I've got one with my IMAX sorry with my macbooks and things but that's not really the point either supply a good one or don't supply one but don't supply one with a you know what is it i think it's a foot and a half long cable 
Anyway, that's an annoyance. Um, I still love the thing. I still, every day, I get it out of his bag and I want to take pictures with it. I still love the pictures that are coming off the unit. I will get used to the handling. I will learn how to get the most out of the focusing and how to drive it quickly. It will come. I'm trying as many different routes to it as I possibly can. Uh, out and all in all, if I was asked would I recommend somebody else switch to it, it would have to be entirely down to whatever is your use case. So I'm just watching a car come the wrong way around on my system. Um, it would have to be down to your use case and your uh, particular way of shooting. For me, I would still have jumped. I'm still happy I jumped. I made the right decision. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to um, using the thing until I get hold of the Z9. And on that happy note, I've just pulled up outside my studio. There's nowhere to park as usual. Oh man, some days, because I've got to offload, I've got to recharge everything, I've got to get set for an early start tomorrow. And on that happy note, on that happy note, uh, I, hope, I hope that didn't sound ranty. So to James Keane, thank you for asking. Uh, maybe I should have done that on the way to the wedding rather than the way home from the wedding. <laughs> I wouldn't have had so much stuff to mutter about. Uh, so I hope that was useful. Uh, whatever, if you enjoyed the podcast, please do subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also, please do leave us a review. Uh, you can do that. The most useful for us is on iTunes, but we are on every channel available. And that includes uh, the Alexa, Amazon Alexa now. Or is it Google? I can't remember which around it is. Amazon, I think. Um, Please do subscribe. Please do let us know any questions you have. Uh, I promise not to not to be so ranty as maybe I have on this journey home. But whatever else, remember at this well, at half eleven at night. Whatever else, be kind to yourself. Take care, guys. Yeah.